The goal, explain the 1990s in exactly 60 songs. The result, we did it. I'm Rob Arvilla. I host 60 songs that explain the 90s, which has indeed covered 60 fantastic songs thus far from Tupac to Radiohead to TLC. So let's do 30 more. Let's do 90 songs. No, we're not changing the name. More rad songs, more special guests, more astute critical analysis, more loopy nostalgic exuberance. That's 60 songs that explain the 90s every Wednesday only on Spotify. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube. Car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. All right, Prestige TV Podcast, Episode 2. We own this city on HBO Max, the spiritual cousin slash nephew of The Wire. I'm here with Chris Ryan and Big Waz. My name is Bill Simmons. Chris, when are they going to let Bernthal cook? When are they going to let, let him out? Let the him pen? cook. Clear out for Bernthal. Just are we doing go one for offense? Clear out. Free Wayne Jenkins. Is that is, it, is that the movement? Wait, is there is there a bad Wayne Jenkins scene? Is there one where he's like, oh no no, Jenkins is in this scene. Just clear out. I think my favorite so far is definitely Wayne Jenkins being frustrated that he brought all the crabs. But that other guy was like, I got lobster tail. I got sirloin. I've got I'm going all the tonight. tonight. $46 on those crabs. It's $45. It's a lot of money. That's when he realized he had to become a dirty cop. Uh, Waz, what was your favorite episode uh, part of this episode? Yeah, I think that's that's the best part. I know Chris mentioned like people get tired of a lot of the expository on David Simon shows, but when he's a rookie and he's on the beat with the guy that's essentially teaching him how to police... Um, they exp- they give it to you plain. It's not that these guys are evil or ghoulish or there's some special kind of person, you know, who does police brutality. It's that this is these are their material interests. Like it, it's there's literally money on the line for these guys. That's why they police this way. These are where the incentives lie, and that's what I thought was interesting. And then. You know, throughout the rest of the episode, they explain to you the dominoes on how they fall. Like, they do so many of these fucked up arrests, and now the citizens don't believe them. And now they can't get juries together, and they're paying out, they're getting sued. And, like, they show you how the dominoes fall. But it starts with, like, this is, 
in their financial interest to do this. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what does the uh, G Money say to um, Suter in the parking lot there? How are you going to make money <laughs> clearing murders? Yeah, how are you going to make money from being a homicide detective? And he's like, I'm, jo he's like, I'm joking, but he's like, I'm not joking, you know? <laughs> and I thought that that was really great to see yeah. Jamie Hector in this different way as this kind of like aging father of five who's kind of like holding an eye by his fingernails and his, and his like partner is so much more kind than Bernthal's partner was. I mean, they, they're both, they're both, you know, mentors in different ways. But I thought that the detective that Jamie Hector was uh, partnered with was just like, just take your time. It's your, it's your crime scene. It was just like all those details of the of police work are just so fascinating when Simon does them. Can we talk about Jamie Hector? Yeah. Yes. I blame myself. I don't blame anyone else involved in this show. I cannot extricate Marlo. <laughs> they're playing on that though. I know they are. I'm having a really hard time with it. He's everything. His demeanor is different. He seems a little beaten down. He's older. He's really restrained. Yep. And every time they show him, I'm just, I, and I think it's just cause I've watched too much of the wire and I've seen it. I've run it back too many times. I can't, I can't extricate myself from Marlowe was, I just can't, I can't get over it. I can't get over the hump. You know, um, for me, why it's a little bit easier for me is because I used to live with somebody who forced me to watch Bosch. So I've already <laughs> seen this dude be a cop before. So that kind of broke the the, yeah. the Marlowe cop thing for me already because I was forced into watching that show, which I'm really not a fan of. It's an Amazon cop show. Typical cop it's my, again. It's my dad's favorite yeah. book series and show. Well, you're talking to two middle-aged white guys. Like, we don't know yeah. what Bosch is. My dad is like, he's... New Bosch spinoff. Isn't there a Bosch spinoff happening? Don't yeah. Waz explain to us. We know yeah, what Bosch come on, Waz. It's insulting. My dad was ready to change his last name to Bosch. Oh, but yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, God. he had a whole Bosch run. It's yeah. just been... I, I think it's... I had the same problem with Michael K. Williams, honestly. It was really hard to extricate him from Omar. But then he was in enough stuff that he mm -hmm. kind of became Michael K. Williams. I, I guess I'm just I, not I there with I thought I was going to have this problem with Josh Charles from between Will from Good Wife and everything else he's done, Sports Night, Dead Poets, SWAT. He was great in SWAT. But Josh Charles cleaning off those buffalo wings. Oh, my God. And go for the handshake. Yeah, oh and then go handshake. for the handshake. That's my favorite part. Oh. That's such a fuck you to whoever you are. So, <laughs> I just so, lick my fingers. Let's have a handshake. So, so this is my, this is in my notes here. Herschel sucking on that damn bone and gristle. <laughs> ha, ha. He thinks he's me. <laughs> that was my note for that scene. Well, they used him. Was that his only scene? I think it was. Right? Herschel? Yeah, he's he's been used sparingly so far. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But every time he's in complete command of whatever scene he's in. And we haven't... I, I assume we're going to have some Bernthal Herschel at some point. Yeah. Herschel and Bernthal will definitely team up. He's probably going to be part of the gun task force at some point. But yeah, and him getting memorialized in... In the in the rap verse, and that's how Nicole gets turned on to it. Well, like, well, she's already on his case, but that she's like chasing that down. And I thought that was really cool that like she goes to the bar to have the conversation, and she's just like, "This isn't an investigation. I'm writing a report." And he just like, "I don't care." The the mm. police work, the investigation. I love. I, mean, I don't know about you guys, but like you're talking about getting like the wire hairs on the back of your neck standing up. For me, it was when dudes start clicking pertinent, not pertinent. 
on the, the wiretap. Yeah. I was just like, yeah. we're back. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so crazy that visceral feeling you get of just like, oh man, the wires is up. We're doing an investigation. We're listening in on these criminals. It's it it just works every single time. The little joke about like when the girl says, I hope you bring me back some sugar. And he's like, yeah, that's cocaine. I'm just kidding. Oh, nope. No takers up. Okay. <laughs> Got it. Uh, Chris, when you buy your car trackers, yeah, do you charge them to the ringer or do you go outside like on a separate credit card? What do you do? Fantasy and I have been kind of running a scam on you since Grantland where we buy lots of car trackers and then sell them on the open market uh, and just charge them. We just put them in your name. We're just like 4BS pod, 4BS reporter. It's been- The fantasy scam is the, the Blu-ray- uh, oh, the yeah. Blu-ray research for his for his big picture pod. Sean's like, I'm I doing a Nick Cage pod. I need ten Nick Cage DVDs now. <laughs> <laughs> Shouts to Sean. Um, winner of this show that's not Burnthal. If we're doing the power rankings, Nicole Steele. Hmm. What a character. Just going yeah. toe to toe with Herschel at the end, but just every time she's in a scene, I'm I'm pumped. I they they. They were able to create a character that I don't feel like fully existed in the right way in the Wire universe. Um, I, I don't know. What do you think, Wes? Uh, obviously, I love what she's doing. And, like, you know, she's kind of the conscience of the show, obviously, where she's just going around being like, all right, there was... Because, like, the stuff that the gun runners are doing, like, the, I mean, excuse me, the people on the gun task force are doing is fucked up. It's corrupt. It's It's terrible policing. But, like realistically, they're robbing drug dealers. And it's like, okay, like, it's fucked up. Don't get it wrong. Don't get it twisted. But, like, the the the, the real institutional rot is what's happening to the kid with the cornrows getting his head bashed in yeah. for just coming home from work. Yeah. You know, like, they, like she's, she's showing you, like, yo, this is how this attitude sort of trickles down. And... You know what's dope is that I, I heard David Simon on a podcast. I think it might have been HBO shit, um, where he says like, "This is what happens when the Herks and Carvers become the Daniels, right? Yeah. Like when they get in charge, this is what you get. You know, like because on the show on the wire, like they showed you like there's what Daniels and Lester and what they call a bunk." McNulty, whatever, good police. Right. And then there's the shit that Carver and them want to do, which is just bash skulls, bullshit arrests, and all of that, right? But those guys, Daniels and them had more seniority, and they could set the culture. Now, those guys have cycled out. They're a generation removed. And now it's Carver and them setting the culture. And <laughs> this is what you get. And it's yeah. just like, wow, so stark. It's all in that first speech. It's all in the, like, I'm not here to tell you about the fights you have to have. I'm here to tell you about the fights you want to have. And it's, like, dudes out there on the streets who want to have fights. It's, yep. I mean, just, like, the way Jamel fucks with that guy that he finds that has the bag of money. And he's just, like, he's, like, I'm I just refinanced my home. <laughs> and he's, like, you refinanced <laughs> your house. Yours. You're not even Great fucking like, he's just, like. Refine you get back get a bank receipt. I'll give you your money back. That's just larceny. You just took that guy's money. And he's just like, Yeah, show me a receipt that this is a refinance home loan, and I'll be happy to give you your 11 grand back. And until then, peace. That's you the wild Herbie West. Carver. The I think it was season five, but he might have showed up first in season four. But the evil black cop from the wire. Oh the guy gosh. who was like 
a whole other level from yeah, the other yeah, guys. Yeah, like, yeah, just yeah. like, just pu- almost pure evil. Yep. That's the forerunner for some of the people on this show. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that was probably intentional from the wire standpoint. It was Herc and Carver. Like, these are the guys that are going to bend and twist the rules in the wrong ways. But this guy's coming. This version of of that cop, he's next. Same way with like Marlo was. Oh, we have we have Avon. He's doing it his way, but and now Marlo's like the way more cold blooded version yeah. of all this stuff. And now we're here in 2022. I think you know with Nicole Briscoe, um, the I'm trying to think who was the conscience of the Wire because I think the way you put that was right because in the Wire it was. Like kind of four Lester. or five different people I mean, it had was, pieces. It was, Lester it was mostly it, Lester. It, it but... was Bubbles, you know? Like, yeah. it, once he got, like, relatively clean. I mean, Cuddy a little bit. A little, bu- a little bunk, too, right? Yeah. Bunk had, like, he had a way of levitating above it a little bit. Um, but it was not one person. I feel like on this yeah. show, it's she's going to become the key character. It'll, it'll, this will eventually be our guy, Bernthal, whatever is going to happen with Herschel, and then Nicole. And I, I don't know where Jamie Hector fits into this. So obviously this show is a little bit, it's paced differently. It's structured differently. I was wondering how you guys are feeling about the various timelines. I thought it's, it's getting, fr- it's getting to me. It, it's getting to you in a good way or it's getting to you in the way where you're like, I can't tell no, if it's 15 or 17 right, or three. Yeah, or, it's the 15 or 17. It's like, okay. Like, okay. So I guess Mamadou in the first episode we're at the end. He's been, then, he's been, I think that the 17 stuff is everybody has been arrested and like each episode, I maybe not. showing you what a took different, us to yeah, get there. Exactly. Got you. And I think Carolina from Succession uh, has been on these guys for two years since okay, the county you. cops were like, we found an extra tracker, you know, and then that got tracker you. leads to a cop, which leads to the tap, which leads to talking to to Mamadou and then like you get into it. So they're like gonna get on Wayne Jenkins, but in 15, they haven't yet. Right. And in 17, they have. But I find that like, so that stuff is really confusing. But then on the other hand, like some of the stuff where it's like, there's the obvious stuff where it's like, Wayne Jenkins gets his like sort of training day and then he does a training day for the next guy and just basically yeah. parrots the same speech. But great. even like watching him in 15, when the new chief is there and he's like free LaRonde in the back yeah. and like being a, like a jerk off in the back of the class, you're just like, oh, you can see like, you can see the steps 12 of this guy's, years. Yeah. It took of this 12 years hubris. to get there. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you guys about something because I'm watching this show and obviously you guys are familiar with the term copaganda. <laughs> and this show <laughs> is the opposite of copaganda. It's like crookaganda. <laughs> like, I'm just like, bro, I, I don't remember a TV show about policing that is this explicitly like, no, this shit gets so fucked up. And here are the multifaceted levels of it. Because, you know, like, I enjoy shows like the Law and Order. Um, you know, you mentioned Bosch. I watched Southland the other day. I'm like, like I enjoy cop shows, NYPD. You know, and it, there's spectrums to it, right? Like if you watch something like Blue Bloods, which is just straight up, the NYPD is comprised of superheroes <laughs> and nothing like that's what Blue Bloods is. But whatever, like that's a CBS show. We know that's an older audience, whatever. And then you get, you know, some of these different kind of shows, but nothing to this extent where it's just like, no, cops do some really fucked up shit and it's not isolated and it is institutional and the consequences are dire. 
I'm just like, God damn, this is this is a lot. Yeah, I mean, the industrialization of that stuff is also crazy. Like them bringing all those dudes in, and then the the district attorney is just like, I'm letting you go immediately if like, you sign a waiver. <laughs> <laughs> it's you know, like, and the, I I had the same issues with the time stuff. I'm choosing to try to figure out how much is Jenkins spending on crabs by how what year it is. So like right. $46, <laughs> I know we're way back in the 2000s. Yeah. But when we get to 2015, that's going to be like a $500 order. Oh yeah, 22 with so supply chain? I mean, I, I, I can't even they, imagine. They could have brought that back, had them buy some lobsters or <laughs> really go all out. Uh, the uh, Where do you think this goes? Because this feels like this was the most boring episode of the six they had, this was the episode and the wire would have these two. And even honestly, the Sopranos would have these two that where it's just like the setup episode. It's, we're going to have a layup line. We're going to shoot some threes. We're going to stretch it mid court. We do some handshakes. I'm going to clap some talcum powder and throw it in the crowd. We're getting ready for the game. Now it feels like the game is going to be there. I just feel like episode three is going to be a big one. We have not watched ahead, right? No, you, no, Chris, you I have not. I've yeah. Not. We're watching one at a time. So I feel like this, this was setting up something big in episode three. Yeah, and uh, man, so much shit like the, the, the I was about to say Marlo, the Jamie Hector cop character um, <laughs> where his supervisor doesn't know his name. Um, he takes his partner off but finds out a civilian or who they think is a civilian got popped. So he's like, do you want a partner now? And it's just yeah. like, I'm very, I think that's going to be a really explosive, like they're setting that up to be something very explosive because there's obviously some shenanigans and chicanery happening and they're setting that up to be some kind of thing that blows up. I will say though, Bill, this might be a show where the most explosive moments are monologues. Like the most explosive moments are conversations because I don't, I think we'll probably get some bang bang action. I think that the threads of the story will coalesce, but like we still haven't seen Treat Williams who's heavily featured in the trailer and I have a feeling like maybe this is just this kind of show is a little bit different than the typical like un unpacking a mystery or will they get their target? They got their target. Mm -hmm. They're trying to figure out how it happened in the first place. Bernthal. Yeah. I remember in Walking Dead when he was having sex with the guy's wife and then he all of a sudden showed back up and they had that whole thing for a couple episodes. And there was one moment when something about I forget the husband said something or he was watching them kiss and the camera just cut to Burnthal, and he's like, basically he's just look on his face. He's just flying out of the television. Basically. It was like, wow, this guy, this guy's the best guy in the show. And we've loved him. We've talked about him even during the Grantland days during the ringer. He's gotten a lot of love. I've had him on my podcast. I think you had him on the watch, right, Chris? No, we never had Burnthal on the watch. Hmm. All right. Well, no. I trumped uh, you on that I'll one. You had Kate Winston. To... I had Burnthal. <laughs> Go go f yourself, um, <laughs> but Bernthal, he's got that was a real. How's your wife and my kids from you? <laughs> yeah. He's Bernthal's just got this energy to him, man. It's really unique. It's I'm trying to. It's got to be less than like six, seven actors who, when he's in that conference room by himself and he knows the cameras on him, and he just seems like a caged animal. Yeah, I don't know how many people could have pulled that off. Yeah, he's he's doing this like raw testosterone, tough guy, macho thing, but he he has different different registers, right? Because like even in Wolf of Wall Street, where he plays the drug dealer, 
Mm. Basically a Goomba from Queens. Um, I might, I may or may not know a few of these guys <laughs> from growing <laughs> up. And I'm just like, yo, this dude is believable in that mm. role, right? Like in that, you know, this guy who might sell ecstasy and Adderall, you know, out of his mom's basement at Bayside, Queens. Like, I've met that guy numerous times and he's doing it. And then he's doing a different version of that as a freaking Baltimore cop, which I'm just like, man, he's... He's in his bag though. And if you if you've listened to or read any of the interviews of him talking about this, like he spent weeks with cops. He went on ride-alongs. He he literally immersed himself in this thing because he was like, no, I'm this is his, you know, Denzel and training day moment. Yeah. Yeah. He, th- this is the part of a lifetime for him. He's getting to be a straight up fucking hooligan. And he he, without reading too much into his biography, obviously knows how these guys walk how they hold on to their vests, how they twirl their batons, their haircuts, like he has the Caesar in 03. That terrible facial yeah. hair. And then oh he gets, God. and then he has like that ridiculous, and you know, he's got, it's just like he obviously gets this guy. Charles obviously gets Hersley. Charles is from that area. Like these dudes obviously kind of have the, this feeling of authenticity to the show that I think kind of yeah. transcends the duller, not dull, but like the more, very like prescriptive parts of it where Nicole is doing these like long download scenes with people who are like, this is this and this is that, and this is how this works. So it's like, we're learning a lot. It's, you know, as drama, I think it's going to get a little bit more electric as we get closer to whatever this inciting incident is at the, you know, but like it's watching him work is just worth the price of admission. It's the Andy Garcia Godfather three part that he does way better than Andy Garcia did, even though I like Andy Garcia in that movie, but that electric testosterone, it's the Sonny Corleone. It's like that. It's that. Oh yeah, right. that's the, you just have to like jump James out. James Con is a really good comp. Yeah, you just have to jump out of the scene, which he's able to do. And I, I, I don't feel like there's a lot of actors like that. And what's so interesting is he was in the Will Smith, the the Richard Williams movie, and he's just playing like this nerdy. I can't believe this tennis coach. Like he really does have some range. I was impressed by him. Uh, also, my girl Ga- Gabrielle Carteris. Yeah, some big scenes, big stairwell scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're really like, really, uh, really using her. And your guy, Don Harvey, Chris. I know. Big scenes for him. He's got like one line this entire. I I was glad to see Carolina get a little bit more to do. Uh, Dagmara got got a little bit more work in this one. She's, it's great to see the two of them. Yeah, she's good. Was here, he would have been my my one casting couch for this. Have Freddie Gibbs be the rapper. (laughs) <laughs> man that, let's go that, crossover with like a real hip-hop rap artist so, and go that way so here's the thing i feel like the wire turned the baltimore volume up to 10 right yeah. um whereas this show is at a lower register there's only so much twos and dues in there <laughs> right so but i think they're trying to I think David Chase is like, bro, I, I, I got I got a certain level of respect and reputation in the yeah, city. So I've got to throw a few of them in there. However, yeah, I think Gangsta Gibbs would have been incredible um, in that scene. I thought you were going to make a complaint recasting Couch. Because my only one where I was like, kind of like, nah, Kirkland brand ludicrous. <laughs> I don't know if I'm really into him. Jamal, you know, the guy, yeah. Yeah, the, the 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 crooked cop, the black crooked cop who's basically 
spilling all of the beans. Like, and I don't it, know he's the one who's like, and they put me into the crew of the dirtiest motherfuckers in the city. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He's the one where I'm like, I think y'all could have got. So if y'all were going to go with a non Baltimore person, y'all probably could have got a better person in this. Um, also, I've seen him in like power and other things being like terrible. So I have like a bad bias against the guy. I'm sure he's a great guy or whatever. Sorry. But yeah, I probably could have seen um, somebody else up in there. Yeah, you're right. That's a potential monster part. Because it's a big, because it's a big deal. Yeah. That, that guy, he is, it's, it's a great scene when he's like, when he's kind of running through everything. Yeah. And he's just like, here's how I, I, I was, I was basically crooked from the second I got the here. start. Yeah. <laughs> and nobody Are cared. You? In fact, they encouraged I it. think just, I will shout out that McKinley, Bel McKinley Belcher, who's playing Mamadou, is awesome. I yeah, he he's really good. Really I was good. just, it would have been fun to see somebody. Uh, Speaking of people you recognize, the guy from Finding Forrester and Coach Carter's in this, Rob Brown. Yeah. I, don't, I felt like we should have been more excited about that when we did the first episode, when we were <laughs> rattling off all the great IMDb I mean, we've stuff. still got Lombard. You're the man now, dog. Lombardozzi still Nobody coming. Finding Forrester? Not yeah. one person? <laughs> it's been a minute. Uh, any predictions for episode three before we go? Uh, <laughs> any predictions? I, I feel like we'll probably get some Hersel and, uh, and yeah, Jenkins they, action together. I think I think we're getting a lot more Josh Charles in this next yeah, episode. Yeah. They basically sh uh, shark from Jaws him. They just kind of right. trotted him out right at the tail end for a little taste. But feels like we're going to be diving into his world. Which we we I got to wet our beak. Ready for but now? We need the full Daniel Hersel experience. It's so funny. I just watched Dead Poets Society with my son, who had never seen it, who liked it. And yeah. Josh Charles in that show, this the love struck 1950s kid who believes in love uh, versus where he is now, licking chicken wing sauce off his hands, <laughs> shaking hands. <laughs> Tough one. Uh, any last thoughts, Waz, before we go? Um, just, I'm just loving, loving, loving the show. I know there are people who are going to complain about how documentarian it is. I, I love it. I just, I just love being in this world again. Um, David Chase is just this this is this is his best subject. This is like, you know, this is like Bill and and Pam Anderson or something. You know what I mean? Like this is Thanks, <laughs> Wes. This is his this is what he does. You know what I mean? So I'm I'm really excited about this show. It's Bill and 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 Jason and Jason Tatum. That's like that, you know. <laughs> it's me if they had let me be involved in winning time and I could have talked about a couple things. Um, you guys got to feature Larry Bird more objectively. You know, if they had tried to string this out in a 10 episodes, we would have gotten all this backstory that I'm not sure we needed. And I appreciate that Simon, who I think is one of the few people who would make decisions like this, is like, no, it should be yeah. six parts. It's a good contained story. Yeah, if it's yeah. if we're doing 10, now I have to go home with Jamie Hector. I have to see his five kids. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and then he's facts. got he's so got true. he's got the twins, and one of them's not talking yet, and she's three, and we got to have that plot. He's got to go to school, you know, and then we're just going, we're basically love, going. Love up Amy Ryan, but I didn't need the stuff with her and McNulty, <laughs> like their right. family drama in the plot. No. We just didn't need it. I was always no. Team Rhonda anyway. You know, <laughs> me too. What she she so over the course of the of the show, she really stepped it up. Um, all right, guys. That's it for the Prestige TV podcast. Not sure who's producing this one. Producer Isaiah TV Blakely. Day. Isaiah Blakely. Oh, Isaiah Blakely. Yeah, yes, Thanks, Isaiah. Email. Um, okay. We will uh we will see you. The three of us will be back on Monday morning 
for the season finale of Winning Time. How, where what other uh, special guest stars have you drafted into this finale episode? We're getting all together. It's the three of us and Spencer Haywood, <laughs> and and we're just gonna have a big party okay. at the Chateau Mormont. Yeah, we're gonna go to the Mormont. We're back. Uh, yeah, so we'll see us. But we have a lot more good stuff coming on Prestige this week. Thanks for listening. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.